0: Let's turn to Isaiah 28 today. As a beginning point, I want to talk about the, uh, the knowledge of God. Sometimes I think when uh, certain Christians hear the knowledge of God, they believe that that means uh, their initial salvation, coming uh, to the Lord. Now I have a knowledge of God. Well, that's true, but that's just the beginning point. So many other things in the scriptures, there's a beginning point, and um, we have to move out from that. In Isaiah 28, there's a question posed here in this verse, and whenever you read a verse in the Bible and it's in question form, many times you get the answer in the context, or you will get... No answer as far as uh, the context, and that's for a reason because the, the answer is apparent. But in verse nine, whom will he teach knowledge? That's the question, and uh, I want to look at just some scriptures related to whom the Lord cannot teach knowledge or cannot give the knowledge of God to, and then to whom he can. So the question is, whom will he teach knowledge? So if you turn to Psalm, hold your place there because we're going to come back there. Psalm chapter 50, verse 17. Seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you, So instruction here has various meanings, means warning, it means chastening, discipline. So the heart, and we know this if you look at Hebrews, um, talks about the chastening of the Lord, Uh, and you can relate this to young children especially, where for them to come into certain things as far as a knowledge... Instruction, as far as a a good knowledge, instruction or correction or chastening uh, must be involved with the child. You know, it must be administered correctly. And and of course, there, there may be a failure in that sometimes, but as a whole, administering correction and chastening correctly will bring education. It will bring knowledge. So he says here in this verse, seeing you hate instruction. So the Lord cannot, cannot bring his knowledge or give the knowledge of God that you see in the scripture. The scriptures related to that. Uh, to an individual, to a Christian, to whomever, if they hate instruction. So that the Lord may come, excuse me, the Lord may come uh, with instruction. He may come with direction, you know, whatever that instruction may be. What is to be done on a personal level, what that individual needs to do or not do. And He comes with that. And unless there is a heart to receive the instruction, They cannot move into this other area where they are open to get, to to find the knowledge of God. And so he says this, and um, back in Isaiah 28, he says, Whom shall, this is uh, Isaiah 28, verse 9, whom shall he teach knowledge? And then he goes on and says, To whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Now, to simplify the word doctrine, I mean, we usually think doctrine is teaching, but when I look the word up, the meaning of the word doctrine is, is what is said. You know, what is, what is said, what is brought out, what is given. So to whom shall he make to understand what is said? And when you take that meaning of the, of the word, it opens up this big area, as far as I'm concerned, what is said so the Lord and I have seen this many many times over the years, the Lord you know brings us in, for example, to church or or to any group of church any church, not just this one but i 'm relating that to what i've seen, and the Lord says certain things, certain uh, truth comes out, certain things are brought to the vision of the people. And it's amazing how that a person can sit in church and not really hear the doctrine, hear what is said. So for us to have the knowledge of God, or maybe another way to say that is for us to penetrate into the Spirit, into another area. It will take sitting and hearing the doctrine, hearing the word, hearing what is said, what is coming to you from the Lord. And it's going to take a special heart on the behalf of the person, a special softness, a special uh, really wanting to, to move further with God, really wanting the knowledge of God. See, because a person comes to church does not in any means mean that they really want the knowledge of God. Because I have seen people who have come to church for years and they have never penetrated into the spirit realm, or put it this way, they have never come to understand They have never come to see certain things. And to me, it's very puzzling at times. Why does this individual not have the knowledge of God? Why don't they understand and see certain things? So you coming to church is good. But are you coming to hear what is said, the doctrine? What is the Lord going to say to me? And am I willing to receive and to allow the Lord to have His way in my life through what He's he's saying, you know, whatever that may be? Am I willing? Here am I, send me. Is that in my heart? Because I believe that if it is not in the heart of the individual Christian, that they will miss certain things. They'll be they'll sit under the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the church. And they will miss actually seeing certain things. They will not see certain things that are moving in spirit. So it has nothing to do with you going to heaven or anything like that. No, it has nothing to do with that. It comes back to this verse. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Well, he can't teach knowledge to everyone. And he can't teach the knowledge of God to every Christian. See, do you want the knowledge of God? Well, if I want the knowledge of God, one of the things that uh, must be in my heart is that I must be able to receive correction, chastening from the Lord. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 1. And this is a very, for lack of a better word, very strange thing that I have seen over the years. Uh, You see people that come to church, they may be faithful to come to church. They may do good works even. But for some reason, what's going on in them, there is maybe this holding back where, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you so much, but you can't intrude into this particular area of my life. Because if you ask me to do this or to do that, you know, I'm I'm not going to... See, the Lord sees what's going on in us. And as I said, this is something I've seen for many, 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 many years. And even with individuals outside of the church who are Christians to where they don't see and perceive certain things. There has never been a lifting of the veil upon their eyes or upon their heart. They're, they're Christians. They may study the Bible. They may you know, get certain things from the Bible, certain truth. But, but there's, there's something missing to where they cannot see certain things. So I believe that if if you sit under the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and that is a a long-term thing, not just a year or two, you sit under that for a period of time, that there will come a point in your life where the Lord will start to lift the scales off of your eyes, and you will start to see things you've never seen before And you'll do this. You'll say, when something's being said, you'll say, aha, I see that. Not that, well, I understand that in my mind, and I believe it because it's in the Bible. No, not that. But that, ah, I see that. And you will start to see certain things that before you were completely blind to. So in Proverbs chapter 1. And you see this with the children of Israel, generation after generation after generation. God gives them all these, he gives them uh, his word, he gives them the commandments, he gives them all this instruction and direction, but yet it does them no good. And then we'll, we'll justify that by saying, well, that's because they weren't saved, and I'm saved, so I'm not that way. Well, yeah, you're saved, but what does that mean? Does that mean because you're saved that you are going to move into the knowledge of God and you are going to start to penetrate into other things that you will see that other people just will, they'll just totally miss it. And um, I've seen this in uh, a church split. Uh, Several times. Uh, To where those, there were those who had been Christians for many years. But they weren't seeing certain things. So whenever the Spirit of God was moving, they totally were oblivious to what was happening. And they actually took a side that was against the Spirit of God. And that's not uncommon with Christians. You know that. Do you know that? That's not uncommon. So in Proverbs 1, verse 29, because they hated knowledge. Well, knowledge there means to perceive or to discern, uh, to penetrate into a spirit realm. Not just the knowledge of, okay, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. No, 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 no. Kids can sing that but penetrating into something beyond the veil. And so here he says, because they hated knowledge. So if a person hates knowledge, then they will never be able to discern. That's just the way it is. And you hear these things, maybe you don't, I do. I just heard something uh, yesterday about an individual in a Bible study who couldn't receive what was said related to a particular thing, and because of that, they remain blind. They had their opinion of what God does or doesn't do, rather than looking at the Word of God and believing the Word of God. They, they, you know, this is the way it is, and I don't think this is the way it should be, and then they, they reason, and so on. So, th- so this whole thing of hating knowledge, that, that's not for the, for the unsaved only that can relate to the believers, and God relates that to Israel. They hated knowledge. And then he goes on and he says, and they did not choose the fear of the Lord, or they did not choose correctly, or they didn't make the right decision. They didn't make the right decision. So in order to move into certain areas in the Lord... Or um, how else can I say this? In spirit. It will entail for you and I to make certain choices so that if the choice, the correct choice is not made, that will affect what we see, that will affect what of the knowledge of God will come to us. So... Some years back, the Lord led me to the church. Well, there's a whole series of things the Lord was leading me to. And I, I knew nothing. I, when I got saved, I didn't have anyone that was a Christian. I, I didn't have anyone I could ask questions to. I wasn't discipled by anyone. So I was pushed into or forced to depend upon the Lord from the very beginning. And I knew nothing about anything. But I did know that the Spirit of God spoke to me initially, and I believed that the Lord would lead me in the path He wanted me to go. So, make this short. So, when the Lord led me to the church, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was the leading of the Spirit. It wasn't something that I decided And I made that decision. I chose to listen or I chose to follow what I saw the Lord laying out. So, for me, if I would have went another way, I would have still been a Christian. I would have been in another church. I would have sat under some other teaching. Uh, I don't know where I would be today, but I do not believe that I would be able to see what the Lord has shown me, apart from following along and choosing and making the decision to walk in what I saw him laying out. See, so a choice is so, so important. So it's more important than we really know and understand. People don't get it because if you make the the other choice, here you're over here and that's your life, that's what you see, that's what you know. So you don't think anything could be ever have been different. But you choose for the Lord, and you follow him, and then he starts to open your eyes to certain things that, wow, I didn't realize how important that choice was. I thought it was a, a just a, a little, you know, well, just, no. A choice can be very, very, very important. And they didn't choose here the fear of the Lord, or they didn't, choose to go uh, his way. They didn't fear him. They didn't, you know, oh, it doesn't matter. Now, I'll read a verse from, this is Psalm 26. It says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind. I like that. Try my mind and my heart. So, having a heart that says or prays, Lord, examine me, I believe is a safeguard to judging correctly or a safeguard to choosing correctly. Because if we are interested in the Lord examining our heart, then we will have an interest in choosing and only making the choice that the Lord is Showing us or revealing to us. See, so when he says, examine my heart, O Lord, that is revealing a soft heart or the softness of heart there. See, so if, if I can pray, Lord, examine my heart in this, and I'm sincere in that, and I want the Lord, that's showing a softness there, you see. Which is very, very important. If you have that softness there, then you will not only be inclined to make the right choice, you will desire and you will do everything that you can to choose the right way. In other words, the way the Lord is showing you. Examine me, O Lord. Now, back to Isaiah 29. Now, I only read part of this verse. Let's see here. Isaiah 28, verse 9. Whom will he teach knowledge? That's the question. And whom will he make to understand the message? There's the question. Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breasts? And this is referring to immaturity. Immaturity. Now, it's okay to be immature because everyone starts off, as a Christian, being immature. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being immature, but there's something wrong with those who are immature and want to remain immature. So when I teach, I don't mind at all if, you know, when we go to the jail, I don't mind if the people that we're ministering to are immature and want to grow. That's who I go for, not the immature who don't want to grow. So those just weaned, well, can, who can he teach knowledge? Well, the immature that want to remain immature, no, he can't teach knowledge to them. But he can teach knowledge to the immature who want to grow to the babe in Christ who wants to grow. And it doesn't just mean, well, Lord, I want to grow. It means, Lord, I want to receive from your hand whatever this daily bread is so that I can grow. So it's not, you know, well, I'm only going to receive what I want to receive, and yes, I want to grow, but no, you're not going to grow the way the Lord wants you to grow Unless you receive from his hand, give us this day our daily bread. The bread for us today from his hand. So that, receiving that, whatever that may be, will bring a person from immaturity. In time, will bring them to maturity. So in verse 10, now this is a verse that I've read many times. So he talks about whom shall he teach. Whom will be taught taught the knowledge of God. Then in verse 10, he says, for precept must be upon precept. And and that's meaning commandment upon commandment. So in the life of a believer, the Lord will bring a command, a commandment for them, whatever that may be. And that must be fulfilled, that must be done in order to get to the next one. So, commandment must be upon commandment. Commandment must be upon commandment. And then he says line upon line. And I always thought, well, that means the line in the scriptures. But as I was looking at the word, there's another meaning here. And it's it's related to stretching out a line to, for example, to lay a row of block or to ra- lay a row of bricks. So it's talking, if that's, if that's a, one of the meanings, which it looked like it was, then it's talking about building, you know, line, stretch the line, line upon line, next row, put a line up, next row, put a line up. He's talking about bringing a person from an immature state to a place where they are mature. Command upon command, stretching the line. Okay, you want to grow? Fall along the line here. Okay, this is, what, um, this is what I'm doing. I'm building this row in your life today so that you can continue to grow. And then he says, here a little, there a little. So that's the way growth is. It's a little. You're not going to grow and mature in five years. It's going to take time. It's going to take time, and certain things must be set correctly in your life, and you must have, and I must have, the proper heart in it. Or we can be a Christian for 20 years, or 30 years, or 40 years, and really not progress much at all. You see them all the time. You know, I've been a Christian for 25 years and you would never know it. Why? Oh, because the building hasn't gone correctly. It wasn't line upon line. It's it's what I thought upon what I thought. It's I did what I thought I, I should do, not line upon line, not command upon command. So there's certain things involved in the building process that must be and must occur, or there will never be the proper finished product. You can go to heaven, but that's different. It's not talking about being complete. Heaven's heaven. Complete deals with character. Now, in Isaiah, okay, let me see here. Yeah, we'll go to Isaiah 30. Isaiah 30, verse 10. And this is the people's heart. Who say to the seers, do not see. That's funny, in a way. I mean, because the one who can lead them and the ones who are seers, who can see, are the ones that they reject. And that is a common theme in the Bible and it's more common of a theme than we believe in churches where those that can see and have been able to penetrate into a spirit realm to see certain things are the very ones that the people don't listen to and are the very ones that the people turn, turn their ear away from. They, they just, you know, they can't be right because I don't see it, it can't be right. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If that's the attitude, the spiritual attitude that we have, we will never grow. So I remember years ago when Charles Hahn came down, he was teaching in the church Sunday morning, Sunday evening for six months. And I was a young Christian, and I had learned some things that I had to unlearn because I didn't have much instruction. And even some of the churches I went to in the beginning, uh, I, I... the foundation wasn't correct. So I remember that when Charles Hahn was teaching, it was like a hammer, boom, on my heart. And it was horrible. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And so there I sat because I knew, number one, that that's where I was to be. I knew that. So now the Lord's got to reveal to me what's going on here. So here, here it comes. I didn't, I couldn't justify in my mind or, or with the teaching that I had, what he was teaching did not line up with what I knew. So now that was a problem. So I said, okay, Lord, the only thing that I knew that in my heart, what he was saying. Just struck a chord. I knew it was true. I don't know how I knew it was true, but I knew that what he was saying was true. So here's the seer, and there I am, a young Christian. I, I had the uh, opportunity to say, "I'm not going to receive that. That doesn't line up with what I was, you know, thought or taught, or what I th- thought I read." but i had to come down and say okay lord now i know you brought me here now i'm placing my life in your hands so you just teach me but see i i believe that the lord led me to even do that to sit there and listen not understanding and not perceiving what was being said. I heard the words, but it was like another language to me. Not fitting in with my understanding. So I had to lay everything aside and say, okay. But see, in this verse, they said to the seers, do not see. And to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy deceits. So this reveals the heart of the people, how they really didn't want the knowledge of God. And a Christian who thinks they know, and there are a lot of them out there, they think they know there is no room for God to teach them to bring certain things into their heart and life and to give them the knowledge of God because they think they know. And they will spot off. I know this, I know that, I don't believe that, this is what, you know, this is, this is the way. It, it doesn't matter whether it even lines up with the Bible to them. I mean, there's people like that out there, Christians. Verse 11, get out of the way, turn aside from the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Now, that's an interesting thing. <laughs> they say, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. We don't want to listen to that. Now, whether they said those words or not doesn't matter. It was a heart condition there, you see. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you desire this, because you desire this word and trust in oppression and perversity and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach ready to fall. Um, it's like a wall. Have you ever seen? I'm sure you've seen films where uh, there's, there was a wall standing. Remember, remember, if you've seen any of the, uh, the World War II movies, you, you, sometimes you see there's, there's a wall standing, and all of a sudden the thing just from the top just collapses without any warning. The things collapsed because it's structurally unsound, or maybe you know part of the the back side of the building was blown up or something, and the front looked fine, but it just collapsed. So it says like like a breach ready to fall a bulge in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant. And he shall break, break it like the, the breaking of a potter's vessel, which is broken in pieces, he shall not spare. So there shall no, not be found among its fragments a shard to take, fi- to take fire from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. So the heart there of the people, there must be a change, you see, a turning in order to be saved, or, or turning to start to move into this area of salvation, to start to see things, to start to understand things. So this is no different from the individual It doesn't matter who they are, if the heart in the person is resisting the truth uh, or resisting the seer, then what you have now is an area that cannot be changed unless there is a returning or a rest, in other words, a, a turning to the Lord. Or you could say a, a repentance. You know, there will never be the illumination in, in the life. Now, in Matthew, I'll just read this. Oh, I'll read one from John, too. John twelve forty eight. He Jesus said, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judge him. The word that I've, I've spoken will judge him in the last day. Now, most of the time, Christians are not so bold to say that, you know, I'm going to reject in that way. I'm going to reject that word. But a fool can be seen and understood by the decision. hold, Hold your place there. Proverbs. Well, you don't have to. Let me just quote it because we're running out of time. Proverbs 3, 7 says, be not wise in thine own eyes. So the fool will be seen as a fool by their decision. So the person, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. So the person that makes their own choices, their own decisions, their own direction, those choices will be seen and there being a fool will be attached, or wise, will be attached to the decision that is made. You know, it's Like the one verse, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. When you say there is no God, that labels the person, as far as the Lord's concerned, as they're a fool. So it's the same with this verse. You can be wise in your own eyes and make your own choices, or... You can choose the direction the Lord is going, and then you can you can change that instead of to a negative to a positive, then you're wise in the eyes of the Lord. So there's a verse in Matthew it says, I thank you, Father, that Jesus praises, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. You know what the prudent? You know what that word means? To the ones who are intelligent And insightful as far as the world is concerned. Jesus said, I'm glad that you have hidden these things from those who are the intelligent ones. Intelligent in their own ways. You know what I'm saying. Prudent. And Paul says this, that the the Lord will take the intelligence of the intelligent and he will frustrate that. And the New Living Translation says that the Lord will discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So that doesn't mean that you can't be intelligent. You understand it. You can't have a mind. But the worldly wise man will try to reason everything out in his mind. And that type of intelligence the Lord will frustrate and in, frustrate in, in meaning, I believe, they will never be able to come to a knowledge of God, knowledge of the truth, or have the knowledge of God in them. They, they just can't because of, of their reasoning and their thinking and so on. And then he, he says there that you have revealed them to babes, and that simply means those who have this softness, so if you want the Lord to continue to reveal things to you, Christian, one of the guarantees that the Lord will reveal things to you as a Christian is that your heart is soft. See, are you allowing the Lord to work the soil of your heart, to till the soil of your heart, to break up the big clods of dirt? Are you allowing him to put nourishment there in the soil of your heart so that you can receive the seed and that the seed would produce what it is the Lord wants produced in your life. In Proverbs 2, I was going to, or I thought of teaching just on this chapter, but... Who is the Lord going to teach knowledge to? Or who is going to be able to receive the knowledge of God? Well, those who will receive, who their hearts are open to receive. Now, in chapter 2, he goes in verse 1, talks about receiving his words, treasuring his commandments within you, verse 1. Incline your ear to wisdom. Apply your heart. If you cry out for discernment, see, is that my heart? Do I want to be able to discern? Not not because I want people to look at me and say, boy, he or she can discern a lot. No, to be able to discern so that you're able to see the difference between good and evil and follow good. Verse 3, and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her, and that's dealing with wisdom and knowledge, knowledge of God and so on, as silver, and search for her as for hidden treasure. Well, see, that this is talking about a heart condition here that wants him. Do you want him? Or are you satisfied with teaching? Are you satisfied with church? Are you satisfied with Sunday school? Are you satisfied with what you do the rest of the week? Or do you have a heart that wants him? There's a difference, you know. See, all this dealing here with seeking wisdom is seeking him. He says, now, if you have a heart like that, where you want him. You want him. Verse 5, then you will understand. You're going to come into an understanding. You're going to come into the knowledge of God that he wants for you. And the scales on your eyes, the scales on your heart will be lifted and you will start to penetrate into things. You will start to see things you never saw before. And see, that does not come by sitting and listening to a teaching or to a sermon. There must be in the heart a willingness to receive from the Lord, no matter what it is. And saying, Lord, I want to choose your way for me, not my way, not my thinking, what I think should be done, what I should do, but no, your way. I want my heart to be softened to receive from you. I want my heart to be tilled like the soil in the garden. I want the clods, the thick bundles of, of dirt in my heart to be broken up so it doesn't hinder the seed of the word growing. Because you know what? There's a scripture, <clears throat> I think it's in Corinthians, it says about everything that, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. There's a lot of things in this world and in this world system that want to exalt itself against the knowledge of God so that it doesn't, that knowledge of God doesn't come into your life. Why, why would Paul say such a thing? Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. For, for you to have the knowledge of God, I'm not talking about initial salvation, and you to penetrate and understand and start to perceive certain things. As I've been saying, Certain things must occur in your life. Certain, certain things must be set, like the line upon line. They must be set there so now the Lord can build the way he needs to build in your life so you're able to understand and see certain things. If, if you don't let them build, the building's not going up. If you don't let them let do the first course of brick, how can you get to the 30th course? How can the thing be complete I have more here to give you, but let's just finish with a couple of verses. John 15. Has the Lord given his word to you? There isn't a person here the Lord hasn't blessed tremendously as far as his word. Now, why does the Lord bother to come to you and I? Well, there's a lot of reasons. He loves you, Yes. Jesus says this, and there's something here that he doesn't say. It's an understood thing. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, there's a condition to that, you know, and the unseen thing here is for them to be clean through the word that Jesus spoke to them, they had to be able to. Or their hearts had to be in a place to receive the word or to receive the Lord. Receive the word he's giving them. So those who cannot receive the word or those who say to the seers, don't see. I'm not going to receive what you're seeing. They cannot be clean. See, you're only clean here. Because the word that was spoken, that was received. Not the word, like it says in Mark 4, that fell to the ground and the birds ate the seeds. No, not those. That word didn't help that heart condition because it was a hard place. The wayside soil is not going to produce anything, you know. The Lord is really good. And He has come time and time again to us. And He will come continue to come. But I believe there's a new day that that the Lord wants to dawn in our hearts. And that is so that you will be able to receive from the Lord in a way you never have before. And your heart will have this prayer in it, Lord, I want you, I want to have the knowledge of God in my life. And I want you to remove the scales that are upon my eyes. Well, I don't believe there's any scales upon my eyes because, you know, I can read and study and I know a lot of things in the Bible. You're blind. That, Lord, you would remove the scales from our eyes and remove the scales from the heart so that in the process of time, as we sit under the spirit of wisdom and revelation, sit under his word, that the Lord would come and start to remove the scales and we would start to see things and penetrate into other areas so that we start to understand some of the ways of God and how some of the ways of God apply to us personally in our life. So that whenever our lives here are over and we move on, that there will be a building that has been completed that you would have come to maturity, not just come to church, but that you would have come to maturity, not in years as a Christian, but you have come to maturity in Him And he has brought you into this place where you can see and perceive the things of knowledge and wisdom. And you become a well, as it says, I believe in Isaiah. Then shall they draw waters out of the wells of salvation. And in that day they shall say, praise the Lord. So that you would become a well that others who maybe don't understand and don't perceive. And they need a drink. They need something. And they can come to you and have a drink. Because of what the Lord has done. And because of your heart. And because you have allowed him to open up your heart. And you have allowed him to take the scales away because of the choices you have made. So that we can just say, well, Lord, I don't want church to be church tradition. I want something to change in my heart. I want something to change in my life. And I want to know you in a much fuller way than I ever had. And I like what Paul says. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I believe he says after that that those who are mature be like minded. What like mind? Like what? I press toward the mark. I press, you know, toward him. I want to know Him. I don't want to be just satisfied with the nominal Christian life. I want to have a relationship with Him that is fuller than before. Lord, I pray today for each person here. I pray, Lord, that we would not sit and say, well, this is just another day. This is just another service. This is just another time. But that, Lord, there would be a changing in the heart today. That our hearts would go out to you and say, Lord, draw me. Help me. Touch my life. Touch my legs and my feet and help me to walk in your way. Bring me on, Lord, to maturity. Help me, Lord, to receive from the seers. And help me, Lord, to open my heart so that your word, Lord, would come in. And help me, Lord, to make the choices that I need to make in order to have the building project in my life continue. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. May we not hinder that work, I pray today. In Jesus' name, amen.